Two guys. Two topics. Two, two, two. two opinions. You talk. Give me two. This is the split story of the day on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Wilson lets it go and he's got his man again on the left sideline. The Cougars on the move as Milne goes down the sideline. Touchdown, Brigham Young. That is an answer for BYU and Zach Wilson. First and goal from the twos. This is Maritime. He's got the ball. He's got the touchdown. And the Shonaclairs retake the lead. Last chance for the Cougars. Mill the catch. Wrestled down on the two. Coastal wins it. You know, they made one play more than us. It came, I mean, it was one of those games that was exciting all the way down to the last second. And so, you know, we, we came a yard short and, and uh, Super Bowls have ended the same way. And it was, a, it was a classic game, just didn't end in our favor. And that, that's a frustrating thing. We like to win, you know, but you know, I saw a team that was excited to play football. When we flew back from Myrtle Beach, we were, I, I was still thankful we were able to play that game and thankful to see these guys play. They worked so hard and, you know, we're sitting at nine and one, 10 games played and, and hopefully we can get, you can, we can get more. This is a chance for us to respond from from a you know a result that didn't go our way and now this is the the true test that comes out to see what we're made of out of curiosity dax milne gets that pass leans forward and gets it over the line and byu wins that game by a, a fingernail but but was beat up for four quarters just to your point saying that they wouldn't get into near six what does the college football playoff committee do with them this week i actually talked about this on friday Regardless of it, of how BYU beat Coastal, they would get bumped up to 11. So the committee could go, oh, see? See, yeah, they, they beat a good team, so we gave them some respect. Here you go. But the, the trick is at 11, you're not high enough to really force their hand. Right, because they don't have to take the top 12. No, mm-hmm. they don't. And, in fact, with other conference tie-ins, it makes it really unlikely unless you're top nine or top eight even if you are BYU. Because there's a there's a scenario out there with the ACC. Say Clemson beats Notre Dame in the ACC title game. Those two make it into the playoff, and Miami still goes to the Orange Bowl. So there's three slots of the New Year's Six coming from one conference. And then the SEC gets in at least two. I mean, you can, you can do the math from there. But yeah. these, these bowls are going to take the conference tie-ins. I mean, think, you know, uh, we're familiar with the Rose Bowl out here a lot. I mean, they're going to take the second-place Pac-12 team if another team gets into the tournament just because that's Correct. the relationship. So Absolutely. No it's question no different asked. than the, the Sugar Bowl or the Orange Bowl. The, the Fiesta Bowl lesser so, right, because they only have a tie-in with one league, I think, the Big 12? The, the last I knew, yeah. So – it, you know, it's it's complicated and dumb to a certain extent, but the the committee did not want to give BYU its own share put in his pocket. No way. They they, they weren't going to do that unless they absolutely had to. But, and again, that's why I do appreciate that BYU and, and Tom Holman, everybody stepped up and tried to force their hand. I mean, they, they tried. Yeah. And, and let's say they win that game and then they play San Diego State and they've got that December 19th opening, I do think you would see Tom Homo and BYU try to put their foot down and push to the metal and, and try to get a good game on December 19th Yep. to see if they could maybe sneak in and get those millions and millions in money from the New Year's Six. I kind of chatted a little bit about uh, a few of my takes with Hans there on, on the BYU Coastal game. Gordon, why don't, why don't you uh, take us this segment and give a few thoughts of yours? 
Well, the number one thing, and I'm sure this is what you guys were talking about, because it was obvious to anybody who watched that game, and it was equally surprising, I think, to most of us who have watched the Cougars play all year long, is that they couldn't control the uh, the trenches. They couldn't control the line of scrimmage, either on offense or defense. And that, I don't know about you, Jake, but that was... That was really surprising to me. I thought BYU would be able to be dominant in that regard, and the Cougars weren't. That And that set up so much of the rest of what went wrong for BYU in a game that, uh, I don't know. I mean, they looked unprepared, actually, I thought, to some extent. And I don't want to take anything away from Coastal Carolina because I was impressed with the Chanticleers. Those uh, rugged roosters, uh, I thought they played with a lot of spirit. They played hard, and they were—they had a chip on their shoulders, man. They were getting after it, and BYU did not look like it was ready, either on the offensive side of the trench or the defensive side. And I think that defensive side really shocked me uh, from a standpoint of they—you're uh, talking—we're talking when you play a team like this, you're talking about assignment football, right? You got to know what your assignment is, and you can't get overly aggressive. You got to do what your job is and handle that business. And BYU failed to do that. And they and so what happened was uh, you saw it. Coastal Carolina went on these long extended drives, and and uh, you know Zach Wilson standing over there on the sideline waiting for his turn to get back out there and do some damage. And it, they were just too few and far between. When one team, I know time of possession is overrated in some instances, but when one team holds the ball for 37 minutes and 51 seconds and you've got it for 22-09, well, you better score a touchdown on every possession and do it quick in order to survive that kind of dominance. It'd be why you couldn't. What say you? Well, you, you certainly covered a lot of ground, and, and Hans and I uh, touched on some of it. Uh, it brought up toughness. You know, I, Coastal Carolina was definitely the tougher team, and I'm with you. I, I, I did not uh, I did not really expect that from BYU. But, you know, football, and, and we've talked about this a lot, uh, talking about different subjects, but, you know, if football is a simple game, you know, we can, we can get cute with spreading it out and, and the quarterbacks and throwing for a zillion yards, but the, the easiest way to win a football game is to play de- decent defense and run over the other team. If the other team, if you can't stop the run, then you're you're in real trouble. And yeah. and Coastal Carolina came out with that offense that I love. I love that offense. What a creative offense! I, I haven't seen anything like that. It was it was old school, but it was new school. I mean, it was. I just thought it was really creative. I thought it was really great. In fact, I told Hans this. I said, if I were South Carolina University, South Carolina, I would have hired that guy. Before he got out of the locker room, because I, I think that was a well-coached Coastal Carolina team, and I love that offense. But you know what? If you're if you're getting run over, and this goes into your your trench take, Gordon, where BYU wasn't doing anything up front to stop it, and you're just going to let them get first down after first down after first down running the football. Yeah. Uh, I mean, why would they do anything different? And you're probably going to lose that game. And and you can look at the at the the time of possession. I think that's a symptom of of certainly what we saw. But that's, you know, when is Zach Wilson not throwing touchdowns on you? When he's yeah. standing on the sideline uh, trying to figure out what he's uh, going to do next time he actually gets on the field, you know? And and Coastal Carolina, I, I thought Coastal Carolina was a really good team, and I po- thought they played really tough football. And BYU didn't really respond to the toughness. 
and and as a result, couldn't get Coastal off the field and didn't give Zach Wilson enough opportunities to win the game. And with that said, it came down to a yard, Gordon. It was one heck of yeah. a game. I, I enjoyed every second watching it. Uh, a fun game to watch, no doubt about it, and uh, a competitive game in every way, as the score suggested. And BYU comes up a yard or two short. But it was bigger than just that. I've heard some BYU fans, ah, you know, if they'd scored a touchdown on that last play. I, I think the issues run deeper than that. It's not just a matter of of scoring and, and getting out of there by the skin of your teeth. It's, uh, it's BYU had some fundamental issues that you were just talking about that they could not master in that game. And it was obvious to anybody who was watching. You know, and game day was there, and all those guys did their predictions, and all of them picked BYU. Everybody thought BYU was going to win that game. Everybody but Dustin Johnson, who went to the school. Of course, he's going to be somewhat biased. He's going to pick his own alma mater. I get that. But everyone expected BYU to be able to outmuscle that team uh, and outspirit that team. And uh, they, they could do neither. And uh, it was it was it was a, a nice showing for Coastal Carolina, and and BYU has to walk away from that going, man, we blew that, you know. And I don't even want to say that it was BYU's, you know, BYU beat itself. Uh, there was some of that involved in this. Coastal Carolina deserves a lot of credit for what they did, and BYU really struggled uh, to uh, to make the most of it. I think if BYU if they had scored on that 91 yard touchdown pass, there had been that holding call on that, and they get up in that game. I think uh, Coastal Carolina comes back and probably has similar success to what they would have had otherwise. But then I think BYU should have powered these guys a little bit. I mean, I Tyler Algier. I don't know how many carries he ended up with, Jake. I don't know if you have the numbers I in do. front he of you. He had 13. I would have given him twice that many. You know, I just would have smashed these guys in the mouth and had him go after them and uh, mix in some, some passing plays and, and just punish it and maybe eat up some of the clock yourself, you know. But uh, BYU uh, was unable to – Algier still ended up with over 100 yards. Of, but, uh, but BYU's offense could not get in a rhythm. It was jointed. It just didn't look right. And something else Coastal Carolina did that is related to what we were talking about before is they pressured Zach Wilson. You know, he was under duress. He's not used to that. Well, and they, that, they came after him. And he ended see... up. Oh, sorry, Gordon. Go ahead. Sorry. Uh, he just ended up taking off running on plays that uh, ordinarily he might have done that a little bit here and there, but not like that. Well, uh, he, re he really struggled to, uh, to get comfortable in the pocket. Brady Christensen today took credit for the loss. He he or took the blame, I guess, for the loss. Said uh, if the offensive line had, had played better, they would win that game. Now I I, I appreciate him um, stepping up to the table, and I think there are any number of things you can point at. But to your point, into Brady's, they were getting that pressure with three and four guys. I mean, it's not yeah. like they were. It's not like they were bringing the house. In fact, far right. from it. And and I, that surprised me a little bit. Um, that that was an issue because that certainly was an issue. You're right about that. And if if they had to bring the house to to get that pressure, I bet you Zach could have been effective getting rid of the football. But when you've got all those guys in your face and the other team still dropping seven or eight guys, I mean that that's tough sledding right there, right? The problem for BYU beyond all these details, and I agree with everything you've said, Jake, is that when you play a schedule like the Cougars have, you cannot have a slip up against the premium talent you play. 
You just can't because they're so far and few, few and far between. You can't, you can't do it. If you're going to play a schedule like this, yeah, you're going to benefit from being better than almost everybody you play. But then when you come up against a challenge, you cannot fold. And BYU folded. They, they did not take advantage of the opportunity that, that, to their credit, they were hungry for. And they went after traveling all that wave and within, you know, two or three days notice. And, but, but they didn't show up the way they had to. Could BYU beat Coastal Carolina? Yeah, I think they could. They could if they were properly uh, functioning. If, uh, it's like the coach always says, you've got to execute. Well, they didn't execute the way they needed to on both sides of the ball. Some people are blaming the defense. Some people are blaming the offense. Uh, because, I mean, what, three points in the second half? Uh, is that what it was? Uh, that, that's, just, that's just not good enough. I think you got to do better. I think folded is a little strong of language for me, to be honest. I don't know if BYU folded. I, I think I think Coastal Carolina played a really good football game, and I think they're I think they're a good football team. I think Coastal's really good, and and if BYU would have had a full week of preparation for that offense, I think that could have helped them. But I folded just seems strong. I don't. I guess I don't necessarily. What's the right word? I, I don't necessarily agree or disagree with your sentiment, but I don't. I mean, I thought BYU played hard. I did. I thought they played hard. They maybe needed to play a little tougher. Uh, they weren't perfect. But I don't know if that team went out and folded. I, I think that might be discounting Coastal a little bunch for me. Mm. Okay. Fair enough. Because Coastal played. They played like their hair was on fire, man. They, yeah, I, I was they talking did. to Hans about this. Before the game, they labeled it the biggest game Coastal Carolina football has ever played. And those players played like that was the biggest game they've ever played. They in. sure I mean, did. They, they played so hard. And I thought that they were really coached really, really well. And I'm with you. I, I think if BYU were to play that game again, i absolutely give them a shot at winning it. But Coastal played great. I was, they played really well. They, played the, they had a game plan. They executed it to a T. And it was the game plan they needed to do to beat BYU. And it worked. Well, two things. One is they didn't change much as far as their offense goes. That's no. what they do. Yeah. That's what that's what that's who they are. That's what they do, and they've they've uh, they've mastered it. And so that part of it, uh, defensively, they they did what I mean. I have talked to so many quarterbacks through the years, and they all almost every one of them. I may there may be one exception, but most of them. I asked them, "What is it that you fear the most?" And they say, "Pressure." If if I can't get comfortable in the pocket, then I struggle. And that's exactly what that defense did to Zach Wilson. He was not comfortable. He was running around all over the place. The timing was off. He had some nice throws, and BYU did have some some success, but just not, not nearly consistent enough in order to get that win. Denley has Ty Jordan, the freshman running back behind him. They give it to him, and he breaks through. Touchdown, Utah. Pocket holds for Bentley. His throw to the end zone is caught for the touchdown by Britton Covey. And Utah extends its lead 22 to 10 for the U. Covey on the return. A game-changing play. He cuts it back at the 10, and he is gone for the touchdown. Welcome back, Britton Covey. A 64-yard return to the house. Okay, it was good to uh, 
get the win. Uh, had a lot of positive things happen in the game. Still have plenty to work on and things that we didn't do so well. But uh, Ty Jordan was a bright spot for the offense. Uh, very productive, 160 or 70 yards and had a big workload. I think he carried it 27 times. And so it was... Uh, Breakout game of sorts for Ty. Uh, defense did some good things, got some key stops at the end, which was uh, really, you know, the preserve the win. If we don't get those stops at the end, then who knows what happens. Like I said, it was good to get a win. We got a uh, short turnaround this week. We got uh, Colorado up in Boulder on Friday night. And so there's no time to uh, savor, savor the win on Saturday. We got to move on, which we have already done, and uh, get ready for the Buffaloes. I want to get your thoughts on the Utes. They get uh, their first win of the year. They beat the Mighty Beavs 30-24 to at Rice-Eccles Stadium. Um any number of different storylines to go with here, positive and negative for, for that matter, Gordon. But uh, what do you think? What, what was your first major takeaway from this game? Uh, well, I tell you, Utah is such a young team, and I know a lot of people like to use that as an excuse. I don't use it as an excuse as much as I do as uh, an explanation. They need uh, some seasoning. They need to figure some things out. And uh, that th- too many mistakes in this game, too many penalties. Uh, th- those guys need—they're talented. They're talented and they're young, and they need to grow up a little bit on the field. And the only way they can do that is is by playing games, and that's what this season is good for for this club. So that—that's what I, I think of. I mean, without without uh, Britton Covey's punt return. They, they might have lost that game. When I when when the Beavers had a chance, those two opportunities uh, in the last five minutes of the game to drive down and score the game-winning touchdown, didn't you think that the Utes would, might be in big trouble based on what you saw in that fourth quarter? Yeah. So, uh, but they but the defense rose up and stopped them, and and the Utes get their win. Uh, Kyle Whittingham a uh, little bit upset afterward. Uh, he can see that the team needs to grow up a little bit and needs to learn to uh, play cleaner football. But uh, talented team that, that needs to know a little more about what it's doing. And I do have questions, as we all do, about the quarterback play. I mean, even if the Utes are really talented and they can grow into what they might be able to be, they have to get fine performances out of that position. And Jake Bentley... I mean, you can't be overthrowing guys. You can't be missing guys when they're standing open in the end zone. I would say the number one thing I took from that game, Gordon, and I think those are are several good observations, but as far as the most important thing uh, that I saw to this program uh, over the weekend against Oregon State is that Ty Jordan is a baller, and he (laughs) is going to be balling out for the Utes for a long, long time, and it's amazing that this program – Find stud after stud after stud going back to to uh, Coach Max, the starting of his run at Utah. Every year they have a baller tailback. Sometimes it takes them a little longer to identify that player than others. But Ty Jordan is that dude. And, uh, you know, I, I have no doubt that, that Brumfield is, is going to continue to get some work. And Wilmore, I know, didn't play, but uh, I would guess he'll get uh, get some work too. But uh, RB1 is Ty Jordan. And regardless of the outcome of this game against Oregon State, identifying that and giving a freshman an opportunity to beat out some guys that have been in the program a little longer than him it will be the most beneficial thing about, uh, about this game for the Utes going forward. Yeah, that's a good observation on your part. I agree with it completely. But I still think that even with a great tailback, 
you've got to get better play out of your quarterback. I mean, look, Zeke Bentley can do some things. I get it. It's not like he's he 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 can't function, but he's just got to be better than he was. And can he be? I don't know. I I don't know the answer to that question. But he needs to be, because this team needs to have some, and that's really good. I mean, when you've got a freshman running back who is showing what he can do, maybe uh, he can carry part of that part of that uh, burden. But they need uh, they need more. Uh, out of the most important position on the field. Okay, but you could have said that for the last, what, 15 years? Oh, I know. They got pretty good quarterback play last year. Eh, was it? Yeah. That was that was still a running defensive team. Yeah, but uh, I thought Ty Huntley played really, uh, Tyler Huntley played really well last year. Okay, I thought he was okay. I mean, I, I, I laughed out loud when they started a last-minute Heisman campaign for him. Like with like a week to go, he was okay. I mean, he he was he was good in a wit sense that he didn't turn the ball over a lot last year. I thought he was better than okay, uh, and and that's what they need out of that position in my at least what they got last year. And that's I just not what they're getting right now. I mean, Alex Smith hasn't walked through that door in a long time. Brian Johnson was pretty good, but after that, I mean, yeah. I mean, Travis. There was a there was several years of Travis Wilson, meh, you know, and and there were a couple years of Tyler Huntley, meh, and there <laughs> was a, there was a meh. there was a Troy Come Williams, on. meh, in there somewhere. But but the point is, is if you can recruit baller tailbacks, you know, go with it. You're probably not going to recruit a lot of baller receivers and a lot of baller quarterbacks because you're a run team. Yeah. Okay. All right. I, 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 as I said, I'm going to give Tyler Huntley a little more credit than you are. But it was a nice discovery. Ty, uh, Ty Jordan looks good. Yes, he does. All right, stay tuned. It is the big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.